Guns N' Roses. This song got ruined, though. Ruined for me by the movie Step Brothers. Remember when they're all in the car? Uh, the car and the dad singing, and I can sing high. <laughs> You're making it a cappella. Yeah, and then the the wife starts singing. He's like, "You're flat. You're flat." <laughs> She's like, "And if I stay too long, why did I spend all this money on voice lessons if you're not going to sing it right?" Uh, she was freak. You, you ever sing ball. this to Whitney? <laughs> Whitney and Gus, do you guys ever sit around and sing "Sweet Child of Mine"? No, no. Not Gus likes truck? "We Will Rock You." Does he really? He likes "We Will Rock You," and then. Um, he also likes um, uh, Eye of the Tiger, but not the uh, – uh, uh, it's the Katy Perry. Eye of the Tiger. That's uh, uh, that's Roar by uh, Katy Perry. Yeah, Roar. Yeah, I'm yeah. Upset. That's that's because of Whitney. I'm upset. That and uh, brings it home with Jesus Loves Me. Oh. <laughs> uh, so he's, he's a wholesome kid. Does he ever uh, listen to hello? the – does he ever listen to the one version of We Will Rock You that's got like the, the – um, the guy that's got that says, "Let's listen to Queen." It says, "We have Queen at home," and it's got, "By you a boy, make a big boy." <laughs> the Asian dude singing, "We will rock you." Have you heard that one? No. God, you should get that. No, on your he computer. likes he, we got a little. We we had a little electric little uh, Jeep, you know, and it was from Walmart, mm-hmm. and uh, which was a mistake because the turning radius was. Uh, I think a little, it was a one degree better than the Titanic. Um, that poor thing would not turn for nothing. I probably put it together wrong. Anywho, it had a little radio in it and it had these different songs. It played like 45 seconds worth. And one was a little kid singing, we will rock you. They go, come on. So he goes, we will, we will rock a you. Rock come on. Rock a you. So anyway, um, Gus was on the Cowboy Channel quite a bit and Casper, which was pretty awesome. I got I got to tell um it was finally a uh cool experience um uh you know growing up like in Sydney and and going back and and hanging out with Eddie Hatfield and Frank Newsom and John Brogan and uh you know all those all the, all the guys that uh, even Dusty Essex back in the day and uh Jeff Grigsby you know oh, yeah. uh, God rest his soul and um Leon Coffey even farther back, obviously, but um, being around them, just wanting to be them and, you know, uh, and then having Gus go out there and um, we haven't got him to do it here in, in, in Spanish Fork, but, um, you know, he went out, we'll get him to do it. We'll go out with Nate, our guest today, but uh, it was cool to go out with Tuck and Webb and, and uh, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty neat deal and old Doug Mathis would introduce him and he tipped his hat and he, he hammed it up, you know, he gets a lot from his mom. Um, oh, on that shit. stuff, but uh, <laughs> you, the, the funniest part about Gus was he was like, uh, in the videos it's on, he was like a, a little puppy, like a little uh, blue healer. Like, it wouldn't yeah. matter where the, the kid was off the sheep, and Gus is just still chasing. He did not give a shit. He was, he, <laughs> he was just making laps, they were getting ready to buck another yeah. sheep, and Gus is at the back end, just going, just balls out. He'd go, he'd go back and forth between Tuck and Webb, and he'd be like, I'm tired. And, and did he so, get, does he get that uh, from his mom It was, it was mom pretty cute. But anyway, that was uh, – Does he get that from uh, his mom or dad? Cuteness is, is definitely uh, – or out of shape. The breathing heavy. Out of shape. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely uh, Vince definitely Hilton. dad. Yeah, definitely dad. But uh, speaking of breathing heavy, um, our guest today. Uh, I don't know where that segue came from, but um, uh, is uh, a good friend, <laughs> good friend, and and um, longtime compadre of both you and I, and four, five, six—I don't know how many times he's been to the show. NFR, uh, big rodeos everywhere, Spanish Fork, Deadwood, Calgary, um, Calgary, just Calgary. This week, he was one of thirteen bullfighters there, which was pretty cool. Was there really um, that many? No, there was five, but he didn't stick around to run neck group, so he probably won't come back. But anyway, um, <laughs> Sheridan everywhere. Uh, this guy uh, is, has filled it. I mean, Houston, he's been there. Denver. So technically, he's done just pretty much about every major rodeo there is known to man. So Nate Justice, everyone, uh, our good friend, and Bill Frater extraordinaire, and my neighbor this week. Yeah. Yeah, out here on the 107 degree asphalt. Uh, yeah, I'm just glad I got the shade tree. Yeah, he got he did get the shade tree. So, uh, due to scheduling because of rodeos, uh, for those of you who don't know, like rodeos are really hard to work when they end on a certain day, like Spanish Fork, or start on a certain day, like Estes Park, which starts on July 5th, no matter if it's Monday or Thursday, and uh, this always ends on the 24th and stops for a day we do not rodeo on uh, sundays in utah um that is uh for everyone um every rodeo in utah they do not rodeo on sunday so um yeah it's it's hard to work so next year to overlap deadwood so he can't next few years so he can't come and um and so that that uh, that sucks we love having him here but um it's so hard to work those rodeos you know, yeah. I mean, you fight it every year. We all fight it on this. Every, you know, what is it? Six years, you know, they overlap a few, you know, a few perfs, and you just try to work your way through it. You know, how do you how do you pick the rodeo? It's so hard because you love them. You know, you love going to both of them, but so it's just one of the the hurdles, scheduling hurdles in the rodeo business. So well, especially this week know. in in Utah, yeah, the yeah. biggest rodeo week in America. Spanish Fork, it, biggest Ogden, Salt Lake, $2 million, three rodeos. Yeah, and, I mean, that's not counting. Cheyenne starting this weekend, yeah. so what, Friday? Saturday, uh, today, yeah. I guess. Um, or Saturday. Nampa. Okay. Nampa is Salinas. a huge rodeo. Salinas, huge rodeo. So, um, yeah, I guess they don't do Edmonton anymore. They, they quit. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Not that, they did that, that, was a, that was a big rodeo there for a while. But, anyway, it's just it, this is the richest week of rodeo regular season rodeo i mean there's times where houston or calgary you know obviously you know calgary paid out almost two million and houston pays it over two million so well you talk to all them contestants i mean they'll straight up tell you the the cowboy christmas fourth of july run is the most overrated part of the summer because they said that we you know the week after and even this week of the the summer run is there's way more money available than there is on cowboy christmas so yeah because you throw in you throw in last week Casper, Sheridan, Nephi, Springs, Calgary. Yeah. I mean, Calgary, like I said, alone almost paid $2 million yeah. out. So that engulfs these three rodeos right there. So just one rodeo. But I heard a so great it, line. It, though, very right. I heard a great line about Colorado Springs. And the dumbest name ever is the NFR Open because it's not the NFR and it's not open. This guy that I heard referred it to, he said, the NFR Open is like Rhode Island. 
Okay, Rhode Island, it's not a road, and it's not an island, okay? <laughs> so from now on, I'll be calling Colorado Springs Rhode Island. <laughs> it's the Pikes Peaker Bust. It's the Pikes Peaker Bust NFR Open, brought to you by Cinch, powered by Ram for the cure.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to the NFR Open. It's not open. It's not the NFR. That's like they're calling some of these rodeo NFR playoff series. Yeah. Because if you enter a rodeo and you say, I want this money to count, the money counts for the NFR. Technically, Abbeville, Kansas is an NFR playoff if you wanted to, you know. Well, I mean, come on. Rump, don't be like that. I mean, you could count don't it. Be like that. It's yeah, well, no, you no, the playoff series. Sorry, I'm trying to shut off the, the computer. I don't have my plug in, so I'm trying to not make it go to sleep. Um, um, a playoff, it has to be in the top, what is that, like 50 or 60 rodeos? Yeah, you know what I mean? That's the playoff series, that's to get to uh, Sioux Falls, well, Puyallup, and then Sioux Falls. See, it's confusing, a it little is bit. not. But if you no, count money, if you count money from any rodeo, say if I win 60 bucks in Yuma, Colorado, and I counted that, that would technically go to my NFR earnings. Yeah, sure. Sounds great. Yeah. No, I don't. Do you do like the no. name NFR Open. Is that what you're trying to? Are you fighting me on this? Hand, I'm not. I'm not a fan of it. No, <laughs> I'm not. I've never been a fan of. Uh, I think there's only one NFR and you got to leave that alone. Right. Um, I think there's there's there's, you know. Uh, you have the U.S. Open, you know, like I'm just thinking golf, U.S. Open, the British Open, you know, you could call it, you know, I don't know. There's, Nate, there had, you, you know how many Opens there are in golf? Yeah. There's yeah, two. you're a huge golfer. U.S. Open and uh, the Open. So there's only two. I think so. Okay. Speaking of golf, Sundays, there's, you know, the committee, uh, which this is a city-operated uh, rodeo. Um the uh, rodeo manager here, uh, Nick Hanks, great guy. He, uh, you know, he's actually a city employee, right? It's a city paid position. So um, they actually own a golf course. And so they just pretty much give us free reign to that golf course, which is good um, because, you know, uh, Utah, you know, they, they don't have cart beer, cart girls and, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of the stuff that normal golf courses have. Um such as booze, and, and so we just bring our own. And when I golf, I do it for fun. And so I, uh, two last year, drank a copia and copious amount. Is that a word? In copious, a lot, lots of beer. Enough that we had to send Bo sheets to the gas station to get more. Yeah, Bobo went and got more, and then um, uh, we came back, and I had had plenty, and I was hungry. Mm. You know, you start at nine. Munchies, yeah. You start at nine, and it's like two o'clock, and you're not, you haven't eaten lunch, but you've drank 38 beers. And um, I almost killed Donnie Gay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? Because Greg Simus is announces here, um, and Kate Roggy's uh, joining him this year and doing outstanding. They, they, they do a really good job together, a uh, pretty good tandem. You know, it was uh, never before done. So, a little side note. Uh, Cade's doing a great job, as he always does. But anyway, um, we uh, uh, Nate and Greg, they rear back and hit this dog leg, try to reach it in one, which you can if you get a hold of it, and they, they can get a hold of it, and they did. Well, I can hit the ball a long way if I get, you know, if ever the stars align, right? Well, 
I'd had, I don't know, 72 beers at this point, and I decided to rear back. Well, Donnie wants to go light a cigar, so he's sitting in his cart to the left, like 92 degrees to the left. Like, this isn't a... <laughs> it wasn't like it was kind of down Pretty much the fairway. Hit the ball backwards and I, almost hit I mean, I must have hit it on the complete heel of this, and I put all 268 pounds the into the swing. And, I mean, it whizzed and hit the inside top underneath the roof of the golf cart where Donnie was lighting his cigar. Pretty sure it blew out the lighter he was trying to light the cigar with. And he bails out of there. I fall down. Everybody's laughing. I'm just glad that I wasn't, you know, that Kendra Santos wasn't going to have to write an article about the death of eight-time world champion Donnie Gay due to a drunk music director hitting a golf ball super hard in the complete wrong direction uh, where he was aiming. Well, my thought on, on yeah. drinking beer and golf is this. How come is it when you go play golf, and, and Nate plays all the time, for everybody that doesn't know, like Nate, like Hambone said, like Nate knows what he can play 18 holes with one ball. Uh, I usually take about 25 to 30 balls because I'm not going to look for him. But I always try to get in the scramble with Nate. But it doesn't matter if it's rodeo people, farming people, no matter who you go golfing with, why is it so hard to stay sober playing golf? Like, what makes stepping out on the green make you just want to just slam booze as you cruise around in tiny cars? Have you ever noticed that, Nate? Like, you can take the most normal, quiet, soft-spoken, uh, good-hearted banker and take him golfing, and the next thing you know, they're hammer drunk and trying to fight people. Have you noticed that? I agree. I, yeah, I have noticed it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's something in the beer at a golf course, but it does mess you up. Like, you say yeah. that, or you just drink it faster because you, you know, you gotta yeah, you're slam as much beer as you can by the time you get to the next tea box. So, well, you, you know, a lot more beer. If something. you don't drink a beer whole, you're a puss. So, yeah, um, you know that is. I don't know. It's just that way. But then you get the guys like, no, I, I, you know, don't drink when I golf. Like, well, okay, you're then serious. Why do you That's do cool. it? Yeah, it's like roping and not drinking beer. It's a team rope must drink. When when I went golfing with Nate on Father's Day, uh, I was the the fourth man in the scramble. However, you know, Hell yeah, broke foot, and that was the best you ever golfed, bro. Well, I never, I only putted once, so they would just hit for me. So <laughs> Nate would <laughs> again ever best you ever played. But I I played so good that day, never hitting the ball. But it was funny because like when me and you golf, Bone. If we land on the fairway, we're a high five, and we don't give a shit if it went 40 foot or Have we 100. ever played golf together? Yes, we have. You were just so drunk you don't remember. <laughs> Where did we? We did play no, golf. That's... Where was it? Wasn't it Pretty Prairie? Uh, no, I didn't play that. I did not play because it was 8,000 degrees, and I'm oh, a very, very right. fair weather golfer. And that's when you showed up, and you had you a perf that night. Oh, yeah. It was chop full, and – um Yes, may I help you? Oh, they're back from the splash pad. Yeah, may got a little, might get a little deep that day. Gus, there's Big Bear. Hi. <laughs> right. So anyway, um, where was I? I don't uh, even remember. We, we was a pretty prairie. Maybe we haven't played yeah. golf, but like when like Nate and his friend when they they would hit the golf ball and it would go almost to the green and then they'd be upset about it, be like, man. If I would have just uh, done this, I, I would have had a better shot. I'm like, dude, you're on the fairway. You can find your ball. That's a good shot. Like, never say it's a bad shot when it goes 200 yards straight, Nate. 
sorry, Bear. We're just competitive. We're trying to win. Yeah. Trying to win, Bear. Well, and then on that last year, Sunday, should I tell them the whole story? Yeah. Yeah, I want to hear it. <laughs> I, think, I think we should. So it's pretty it. rump chat appropriate. Yeah, it is rump chat. So we we get uh, we get done and we're in the parking lot. And I, like I said, Hambone needed to eat. Wing, Hambone wanted wingy. Uh, there's this great <laughs> wing nuts where, see, in Utah, for those of you who don't know, when you order a drink, you have to order food to get your next one. And chips and salsa doesn't count. Like, you have to order, like, a big appetizer or a meal, or they won't even give you. Even at you know, Applebee's? Applebee's, it don't matter. It's a state law. Huh. And so. And you can only have, like, two an hour. Yeah, but not at Wing Nuts. They're no. cool. Yeah, they're cool. They're cool there. So anyway, so I go, well, I'll just meet you there. And Nate, they, these guys pull up, and they wanted to challenge Nate, like, six holes or something like that. He goes, I'll, I'll play, you know, give you a six hole, and uh, we'll go play. So him and Bobo, they load it back up and go play with these guys. And I'm like, I'll just meet you there. I'm done golfing. So I'm there, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, drinking beer, drinking beer, and finally have to eat something. They did make me, you know. For the law but um kept drinking beer two and a half hours later i'm finally like boys i can't wait any longer so i go to the trailer and it's about i don't know 6 30 it seems like seven maybe and i go to sleepy on the couch fully clothed had enough i wake up with mongo over here and bobo over me and bo bo if you know bo sheets he's just hey <laughs> Hey, he's just laughing and uh, giggling. And Nate, I woke up to Nate. Hey, Bone, I, I went. I used your bathroom. I tried to pee off the poop stain on your toilet, but it didn't work. <laughs> oh, gross! <laughs> See you later. Oh, I'm yeah. like, yes, back, God. and me and Bo were just bombed because, <laughs> like, this was the week where you know my my wife and kids, and I love my wife and kids. I love having them on the road with me. But Bridget was uh, yeah. very pregnant. And so she decided to stay home during Spanish this week or last year. Yeah. Uh, just in case something happened, you know, and she needed to go in and into the hospital. So she stayed home. So it was just old dad kind of batching. Me again. too. So, me too. Went and Gus didn't come here last year. So we were batching it up. Yeah. Two wild dogs loose in the Mormon lands. Yeah. We were <laughs> bombed when we got back. I said, Bo, I said, Bo, I said, we need to go wake up bone. He ain't going to be a pussy, you know? So and we go in there. I was like, I got to piss. I'm going to piss in Bones' trailer. And there's a little poop stain on his toilet. Oh, gross. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, I'm nasty. by myself. I'm by myself. My family's not with me. You, you don't, don't clean the toilet. You don't have a room. toilet brush? Damn, Bone. I do. Oh, so I okay. To, okay there, spick and span. I, go, here, Mr. I shit in other places. <laughs> <laughs> in other people's trailers. Yeah. But. Stupid me, I pulled a rump and not lock my trailer door, which I always usually do, which allows people like this to come in, who's parked four feet from me, who could have peed very easily in his own trailer. Uh, <laughs> but again, after 8,000 beers, um, you just, you know, everything just kind of leaves you, uh, including your mind. Well, so yeah, so I, I was, I was asleep by seven and uh, up by uh, 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> I have a, a good golf story with Nate. We went golfing in Hochtown, um, down by Broken Bow, where we have our Waioke Investments properties. So we are all going golfing, okay? Me, Tuckness, Nate, John Harrison, James Hayek, and uh, Nathan Harp. 
So we kind of get pretty deep in the old beer. We're playing a little golf, and of course I'm playing. I actually played really good. I was on Nate's team. We're playing best ball. And uh, so we get to the 15th hole, and if you know John Harrison, John can't stand when everything is just going normal. So John starts coming up with these rules like, hey, on this next tee off, you have to do the the uh, happy Gilmore. And you have to do this. So we get to the 15th hole, and it's pretty hot. So John just takes his shirt off and shoes and goes and cannonballs into the water trap. I mean, and it was a pretty decent-sized water trap. He So he jumps in the water. Lake. It was a big old lake. Yeah. I mean, it was like you jumped off kind of not really a cliff but it had a pretty good drop off so john gets out of the water and then they say well let's throw rump in and i say look here boys old rumpster ain't going in that water and i fought off five grown men and never they never got me in the water nate says i didn't hit him in the shin but i remember hitting you in the shin with a putter you hit me in the shin with a putter for sure. I think you were the first one because I had that putter, and I said, Nate, you take one more step, I'm going to bust you in the shins, and you go, you won't do it, <laughs> pussy. And I just no. swang and smote you right in the old shinskis. And, but yeah, I don't know. You, did, did that not happen, Nate? You tell it. You guys could not get the bear in the water. No, Rump, he did the old five-year-old tantrum tactic. We uh, we started attacking him on the green, and he just flopped on the ground. I mean, started kicking his legs as hard as he could, like <laughs> five-year-old, and we could not pick him up. I mean, he was hurling his putter around, like you said, hit me in the shin, and it was all we could do to get rump in the water, and we couldn't do Well, it. when he gets that wide base, it's hard to get just a couple, <sighs> like, tree trunks, you know, deep-rooted in the, in, yeah. you know, it's hard to get him. Oh, yeah. And it, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of bear. There. It's a lot of bear. Well, you, know? you know what else I do, and everybody hates this, and some people say it's gay, but I don't care. Like, when I'm getting attacked, I'll start grabbing people's balls. I will start that grabbing. Is gay. But you know what, though? You take a big mean some bitch that knows how to fight. You grab them by the balls, man. They let off in a hurry. I mean, like yeah. gra- grabbing balls hard, like you're trying to rip them off, man. I th- I can't remember whose balls I grabbed. I can't remember if it's Tucker or, or who was it. But as soon as I grabbed their balls, they quit trying to throw me in the water. And I don't feel bad about it because they had on pants. It wasn't like it was skin on skin ball touching, you know, like. which is just skin anyway your your ball sack skin is the same as your hand skin if you give somebody a high five it's like you you grabbed web one time when you you would know you would know better no but what i'm saying is skin is skin but yeah they they couldn't get the old bear after we get done golfing we we quit on the 15th hole we 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 quit on the 15th hole and so we went to this restaurant and Nate was in there peeing and he's he's got one hand he's kind of leaning on the the wall and so oh yeah he's got it kind of out there so I just got behind him and gave him the old slapperoo and when it did he kind of peed all over it looked like he peed his pants like on Billy Madison looked like I peed my pants I peed my pants rump you slapped my dong and back into my shorts I did and I couldn't is it the public urinal I just I just go, hey, Nate. And I just reached around and go, whop! And just got pee everywhere. It was pretty. Yeah. And then he, so I go running I'm out. Like, what the hell? So we're running back out to the table. And uh, you had to kind of go through the bar area to get back to where our table was. And this table had a pitcher of water sitting on their table. There's two people sitting at this table eating. Walking. I just grabbed this random table's pitcher of water and just fucking douche romp right in the whole crowd. Oh, no. Whoopsie. That's a wild night. I, I puked a little while later because we were doing this uh, challenge. This was in 2020. Yeah, that was during COVID. 
we had a challenge during COVID. So we had a rule if you said if you said the word COVID or coronavirus or whatever, you had to take a shot. Take well, a shot at dinner that night. Rump said it twice, so he had to take two shots. Lukewarm, lukewarm Crown Royal. Yeah, uh, yeah. That second shot hit the back of his throat, and he did the old. And I mean, puke all over the table. In my defense, a lot when things hit the back of his throat. In my defense, I was going through a lot with COVID, so I wasn't thinking clear. You're, you were emotionally unstable. I'm emotionally unstable every day, but during COVID, you all know how That's I was. True. Like every day, I was like, "Well, this is it, boys. This is how she ends. We're all going down." <laughs> like that, we had I don't know how many Michelob Ultras were drank that day. Oh. Well, we bought, I, I, I remember I did math on it, and we had 96 beers when we were golfing because we all bought a 12-pack, I think. And even Tuck and Harp bought one, but, you know, everybody knows Tuck and Harp. They'll have one or two and be about it. So I think it was me, Rump, John Harrison, James Hijack, and I think it was the four of us pretty much that drank 96 of them beers. Yeah, James, James, yeah. Was a large, James was a large drinker of the beer. Don't let... Don't let the long hair fool you. He had several. Small guy, big beer drinker. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah. But you know what? Um, back is a good time. That night, that was the same night that Nate was part of the uh, Catch My Belly Button on Fire team. He held the that belly. Was that night? Yeah. He, he, he held the belly button where it held more. Uh, what was that liquor you guys put my belly button? Everclear. I, I, I made it 151. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, the belly button up like a. A bagel. Well, like my dad said, that's a two-shot navel. Well, it might have been more than that because he did have it bageled. <laughs> you know, the old bagel button. <laughs> might have been I a three-ounce. The shoot. Next time you guys go to have a bagel, think about my belly button. How about that? <laughs> was yeah. that the Is same that video ever gone on Rump Chat? Oh yeah, we put it so on our Instagram. Yeah. Was was that the same night that Garrett got slammed against the wall? Uh, no. Oh yeah, we've told no. this story. Yeah, how'd that go down? Do you remember, and do you remember slamming him? I, I don't remember actually slamming him, but I do remember all the way up until um, walking upstairs. But I do not remember Rump and, and Garrett in my room. But I don't what we're even doing down there. I can't remember when it was, but well, we, same thing. I mean, all of us were down there drinking beer, having a good time. And uh, what got me was they, John Harrison made a rule that if your belly button had been lit on fire, then you got to take a shot of the 151. So they'd lit my belly on fire before, so I'd take a shot of the 151. It barely caught fire. Hey, hold on a second. No, leave that open. Back up a little bit. I don't know if you can see back in the corner. See Gus's head? <laughs> oh. Talking about, poop, poop, Gus. talking about poop stains. That's where the poop stain came from. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> yeah, Gus. Sorry. All right, the 151. Continue your story. So anyway, 15 minutes later, this Bacardi 151 hits me, and my wife, Bridget, she's sitting across from the bar, and she looks at me all cross-eyed, and I'm like, well, shit. If that's what I look like right now, I need to go to bed. I remember saying that to myself, and then upstairs I went, and that's about all I remember. But apparently, when I was upstairs brushing my teeth and all that, Rump and Garrett thought it'd be funny to go up and lay in my bed and try to you know, keep me from going to sleep. So I get done brushing my teeth. I go in the room, and apparently I tell Garrett and Rump to get out of my bed, and they're just sitting up there giggling. And I was pretty, pretty determined. When to go you're to done, bed. you're done. Yeah, yep, yep. I was done. Yep. And so they're kind of giggling, and I just grab Garrett by the foot. And apparently, I just grabbed him with one arm, and I grabbed him and I hooked him against the wall, out of the bed, against the wall, and he slid down the wall. And I just stepped over. <laughs> and him, Garrett's not as thin bed, as he once was. And that's a, that's went a lot to of announcer. 
Yeah. He he slammed Garrett so Rump will remember it better than I do. He slammed Garrett so hard against the wall that uh, that all the Harrison girls downstairs ran up because they thought something bad happened. They thought like maybe there was a wall. <laughs> but Mongo, oh, you know, Nate Nate's uh alter ego is Mongo and uh he definitely after he slammed Garrett and Garrett had this dumb looking brown hat on. <laughs> like this cowboy hat and it was like in the movies yeah, it was the Ranger, the Ranger John hat. it was clear smashed down over his eyes where he couldn't see and he was scared but he was still giggling <laughs> and so i got the hell out of there before he could uh, slap me against the wall i just jumped up and ran screw that every man for himself in that situation uh, I, I think he'd had a little bit harder time throwing you against the wall by one foot yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what, I don't though? like old Mongo, but he's got. That's okay. But Nate, Nate's got special Mine is, uh, special powers like that. So yeah, he can my slam alter ego. Uh, uh, was uh, what was uh, God? It's been so long since I I turned into him, but uh, it was on me, myself, and Irene. It was that went the the alter ego guy. Yeah, uh, what was uh, his name? Gosh, Jim Carrey. Anyway, I would turn into him. Yeah, yeah. Not a, not a cool guy. No. What about not somebody you're proud of? Hambone. What about your other alter alter ego that you hit Sydney that one year when Whitney sent us that message that had a video of you sitting in a chair outside of your camper singing at like four thirty in the morning. Oh, that was that was uh yeah that was after a long night. Um, yeah, it was the Eagles came on. I had the you know just the radio was playing and. The, the Hotel California came on, and I I sang it and did the guitar solo on a pool noodle. <laughs> by himself. At 4 a.m. by myself. Oh, let's, can't tell wait to do that about, again. let's tell a story about old Rump in Gooding, Idaho at 4 in the morning. Let's do it. Brats. Let's do it. Who wants brats? Do it. You tell Go. it, Nate. I don't... I'm going to oh. get another gold buckle beer. Perfect. Well, we're in Gooding, Idaho, and this... I mean, if anybody's never been to Gooding, Idaho, it is... It's worth going party. to. Yeah, it's worth going to. And it's a party whether you want to party or not. Obviously, this night happened. But, you know, I think this was, what, day three in getting a bear? I don't remember. Yeah. It was all just a blur. Yeah, yeah. anyway, we we had been partying pretty hard the first two nights. So third night rolls around, and <clears throat> we get done with the rodeo, and we kind of sit. And you know, I think me and Jill Franzen were parked right next to each other, and then Rump was on the other side. But we were sitting in between me and Jill's trailers and having a few beers and me you and brandon loden and clay hager and um i can't remember who else miles berry just having there, a few, yeah. yeah miles berry was there but we're sitting there just having a few beers and we even told each other we're like we are not going to the beer garden tonight we're not doing it well of course you get a few more beers in and beer garden starts sounding pretty good and chancy was playing that night so rump's like you know what we better go support old chancy that's so we how, go over that's how it always starts when I say, let's go support Chansey. That's when it all goes yeah. to shit. Like, let's go time. support Chansey. And we're like, all right, we'll go have a few beers. Well, these beers at the beer garden in Gooding are, they're the big 24 ounces. And so, oh, they were so you cold. Know, you start finishing in one of them and then you start feeling pretty good and away you go once again. But after, you know, however many 24 ounce beers at the beer garden in Gooding, we go on to Chansey's tour bus and continue to drink. We Crown weren't Royal, invited. We weren't invited. <laughs> For the record, I told him, I'm like, let's just go on. He don't care. He did. Yeah. Well, we go on and we get, you know, drink more. And Rump kind of gave the old Irish goodbye. And I seen it. So I was. Uh, he's real good at that. Him. Yeah. 
Well, apparently Rump goes back to his trailer and starts cooking brats. I, I think I eased into my trailer and went to bed, but about 4.30 in the morning, he's out there in his underwear cooking brats, and he said he woke up at 6.30 puking them all up because he was <laughs> too drunk. He didn't cook them all the way through. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. The, the interior temperature wasn't good, so I was up. Oh, I felt so stupid. I'm up throwing up outside of my camper, and. And I'm not proud of this, okay? But you know what? We well, all have, it was the brats. Yep. Yeah, it was the brats. We right, all, right. Well, it was the brats and beers and, you know, a half a gallon of Crown Royal. And that's the night I, I threw up on Chansey's rug. And then I put the rug in the back of Nate's trailer. And and then blaming me, saying I stole Chansey's rug. <laughs> it so, really, Chansey, if you're listening to this, I did not steal your it shit. Really, I think he, you know, we've talked yeah. about this. I think we he knows exactly I'm, who the culprit is. That rug really tied the bus together, man. But, it really did. But that gooding, though, like, there's just certain, and man, I don't want us all to sound like horrible drunks, but, man, there are some rodeos where you just, the rodeo is more powerful. There's a life force that you can't get away from. You know, gooding is definitely one when you show up, you're, you're going to have fun. Like, you can show up and not want to have fun. I had so much fun that I didn't get out of the trailer till 5.45 p.m. for a 7.30 perf. So I get out of the trailer and like, there's no one there around. Like TJ Corco's rig was gone. I couldn't find Jill, and and so I like go to Nate's trailer and I'm like knock on Nate's door, and it's unlocked. I open it. And he's still sleeping. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> it's almost. Yeah, I'm the same way with you. I didn't come out until hospitality started at five thirty. <laughs> it was I, brutal. I did that a couple uh, last year at, at Casper. I I stayed up. You know, we cook and stuff after, and and then I wander over here. I went on the other side of my trailer to take a pee, and then I saw Stetson. It was Stetson and Ryder Wright and uh, Statler, the youngest one, and then um, like Riggin Smith, and I think Tegan was around, and and there was a couple of couple of them bronc riders, you know, all around there, and young guys. Man, you know. I'd had some beers before that, but then, I mean, I, it was fourth. I fell down twice over the same chair and, uh, you know, Ryder, he don't say too much, but he yeah. really thought that was a funny thing. And, uh, so they laughed pretty good at me. Uh, and Stetson, you know, had like four Pepsis of mine. Every time I went to get a beer, he asked me for more Pepsi. So, uh, screw you. Chair. So, uh, yeah. So I get to bed at four 30 in the morning. I, I finally wake up and I peek my head out of my door at like 11 in the morning. And of course, Tuck, he'd already run up the mountain and down two <laughs> or three times. But um, he's sitting out there. He's like, hey, Bob, what's up, bud? And I just shut the door back, locked it, lowered the shade, crawled back, went to the bathroom, crawled back up in bed. And like you guys, I didn't crawl out until about 545 and uh, uh, went and put my jeans on and went, went to work. I didn't even shower. Why does the funnest nights have the have the biggest repercussions? Because we're old uh, now. I don't know. Nate's not old. He's way younger than we are. He just looks How old. Are you? Thirty-five. Oh God, a child. Gus is Jeez. thirty-two. Yeah. Um, years is miles, boy. That's right. Do you, do you know what else Nate did? Nate tried to get me eaten by a bear one time uh, after Gooding was over. In between Gooding and. Guy that wants to fight a damn bear. Uh, you oh, know, the one that slapped one in elementary school. Oh, yeah. I, I joke about fighting bears, but I'm going to tell you guys, uh, all our listeners out there, I don't I don't really want to fight a bear. Like, I don't think I'd win. Um, sorry for all the. No. Well, so anyhow, I go to Nate's 
they had this badass house north of Bozeman. I mean, way up, in the mountains. Like, in August, when it was hot, it was actually snowing up there. How far was that north of Bozeman? It was like 26 miles, I think, north of north of Bozeman. And, and I it mean, took two and a half hours to get there. Yeah, no, seriously, sometimes it did. Oh, it's but beautiful. It shit, we went there after Gooding, wasn't it? Yeah, right after Gooding, it was snowing. Yeah, and it was snowing in August. Wow. And it, well, the house sat at 6,000 feet, you know, so that helped. But still, I mean, August. It was snow. Ah, so we, we get up there, and Nate's like, yeah, go get some, get some booze. And so I go buy, uh, put a 24-pack of Twisted Tea in my backpack. And he's like, hey, I'm going to show you around the place, and, you know, we're going to go on this hike. I'm like, all right, cool. We start crawling up the side of a mountain. And I make it, like, probably a half mile. And I'm like, some bitch didn't make it 25 yards. Half mile. <laughs> it felt like a half mile. Loop a half mile. I start crawling up the side of this mountain, and I am gassed. Because, you know, the the uh, not just because I'm out of shape, but. The, crawling up, it was a walking path. And no, it wasn't. Like, no, it was no, it walking path, and he was actually crawling because he was on all. <laughs> it was pretty, but it was pretty steep, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was. I mean, it was the mountain. Okay, I'll give it, it to you there. I'll give a, it to I'm you. I'm not a bullfighter. Like I can't lope up the side of a mountain like a goat, like these guys do. But so I'm trying to drink these twisted teas. So Nate, he's being so good to me. He's like, "All right, you know, what? we'll go for a while, then we'll catch our air." I'm like, cool. So we crawl and you know, we get clear up there. We go up there quite a ways. And he turns around, he's like, just so you know, if we see a bear, and I'm going, oh, shit, because I know how screwed I am because I can't run, and we're on the side of a mountain, and he said that he had seen a bear in that area before, and I'm like, this is how it's going to end. He's going to have to call Ashley. Hey, uh, I think we checked the trail cam, and there was a bear in there the night before around that time we took the hike. Yeah. What do you do? (laughs) Oh, I've heard, I've seen videos and people are like yell or like, ah, ah, and like, yeah. them bears. Honestly, them bears, if they hear you coming, they're out of there before you even see them. I guarantee you, there's probably a bear up in there before we started. The I wish hike, you would start off the hike with. You should have told me that before we started hiking. Hey, Rump, chance are there might be a bear where we're going. I've been like, man, let's just stay here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because <laughs> he definitely wasn't going to catch you over Rump. Rump. You, you, yeah, you always got to take somebody. Shit. You always got to be just faster than yep. one person. Or shit, I would have took Nate down. I'd have grabbed him by the ankle and said, "Look here, <laughs> some bitch. If I get ate by a bear, so are you, some bitch. Sit down." So I wouldn't have let you got eat by a bear. I appreciate um, that, Nate. You're such. A I kind of want to. I want to touch on kind of Nate's story. You know, people that uh, don't know. Um, you know, they like to hear kind of how how your career started. So, um, kind of take us back and and how you got into uh, fighting bulls in the rodeo world. Yeah, my story is, you know, it's a little different than most people's. Um, I never did grow up rodeoing. Uh, None of my family did. You know, I'm kind of a first-generation rodeo cowboy in my family. Um, But just growing up, I always was too busy playing other sports. You know, I I mean, I've played hockey since I was four years old. I remember, you know, being in sixth grade, and we had ice hockey practice at four in the morning because that's the only time we could get ice time, you know, and then I'd go to school and, after school, I'd have soccer practice or something, you know, so just always playing sports. And uh, I've always been a huge fan of rodeo, but just never had time for it, you know, just due to playing all those other sports and stuff. But I had a lot of friends that rodeoed. Um, but like I said, I never did it myself. So um, 
in high school, I started playing football and lacrosse, and those were kind of my big sports. And, you know, growing up, being an athlete my whole life, that was kind of my whole dream was to go on and play college, you know, football or college lacrosse. And, and I was really good at lacrosse, and that's kind of where I wanted to put a lot of my focus. And so um, about junior, senior year, I started getting recruited to some pretty big, you know, lacrosse schools around the country. Um, and I started taking a lot of these recruiting trips out to the East Coast because that's where all these lacrosse schools were at. And so, um, you know, I was going out to Maryland and Connecticut, uh, Virginia, New York, Vermont, um, and just going and looking at all these schools to go play lacrosse. And to be honest with you, the more I went out there, the less I wanted to go play. I kind of fell out of the love or I fell out of love with lacrosse just because of you know, the location of these schools that I was getting recruited at. And I didn't, essentially, I didn't want to go to the East Coast and, you know, go to a school on the East Coast just to, um, just to play lacrosse. I didn't want to go to a school that I didn't want to be at, study something I didn't want to study just so I could play lacrosse. And so, did you have any, did, two months. But did you have any other friends, like, from your area that, that were considering to, to go back East with you? Because I know a lot of times when we talk to different uh athletes about their college you know most of them when they go to when they decide to go somewhere they kind of take a few people they know did you yeah did you have anybody that said hey man you want to go to maryland we'll go if it works out yeah i had uh actually a school washington college in uh in maryland there i had a buddy two of my teammates got recruited to there and they ended up going to that school but um that's not a place I really wanted to go. And I was actually getting recruited pretty hard to a school called Fairfield university in Fairfield, Connecticut. And this was a pretty big division one program. And that's kind of where my heart was set on. And I actually verbally committed to that school. Um, you like, if I would have gone there, we'd have been in, I would have played in the sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament my sophomore year. Oh, wow. Like, that's how good a program that was. That's awesome. And so, uh, I was really committed to that school. And I'd, I'd visited it, and I, I hated Fairfield, Connecticut. I really didn't like it. Um, but just because of the quality of the program, that's where I wanted to go. And about two weeks uh, before I was supposed to, to move out there and start practicing, you know, check in for practice and all that, I called the coach, and I just told him I wasn't coming. Was he pissed off? Uh, it just, Oh, yeah. Yeah, he wasn't happy. But, you know, I've always been the kind of guy that I just follow my heart. You know, I've always – you know, just whatever my heart and guts telling me is what I'm going to do. And, and you're stupid and so athletic, like, stupid athletic. Yeah. You could be a yeah, tight end so, in the NFL. So tight listen. end, yeah. That's if, uh, if those don't know, Nate, I, I would say, I would say tight end uh, or, or linebacker. Yeah. I guess you'd be a linebacker. Is that what yeah. you play in high school? I played corner. I was actually kind of small in high school. Yeah. Really? I was, I graduated 160 pounds. Yeah. I was wow. actually a smaller kid in high school. Um, so anyway, yeah, I called the coach, told him I wasn't coming. And, you know, at that point, it's just what my heart was telling me to do. And and I remember sitting down with my mom and my mom was like, well, now what? You know, what are you going to do? Because my whole life here I am thinking I'm going to go play college sports. And all of a sudden, the opportunity that I had to go do it, I just turned it away. And I said, I don't know, mom. And she said, well, you need to get out of Colorado. And I, I, I agreed with her because, you know, the, you know, the group of friends I had were great guys. And, you know, what we just did dumb shit and partied and I knew I wasn't going to get anywhere in life if I just hung around home. And so me and my mom talked about it and she said, we've well, always been interested in aviation. Is that something you'd want to maybe pursue? And I said, yeah, 
So we started looking at um, some aviation schools around Montana and Alaska, um, Idaho, I think. I, I just really enjoyed the mountains, so that's kind of where I wanted to look. And we found a program at Montana State University and applied for that aviation program. And and shit, two weeks or two months later, I was going up to school to start flying airplanes. Wow. Yeah. And so when I was going to school up there, uh, I got a job out at the airport at the Yellowstone Jet Center uh, just to learn about the aviation industry and, you know, kind of get my foot in the door a little bit with uh, some, you know, some of the because we took care of a lot of the private aircraft that flew in. We fueled them and put them in hangars and kind of took care of all the private aircraft. And so I figured I can kind of get my foot in the door with some of the pilots. And, you know, so that way when I was done with aviation school, we could, you know, maybe just make an easy transition into something like that. And that's where I met a guy named Al Sandvold. Al was my boss at the Yellowstone Jet Center. And for those of you know you that don't know Al, he uh, he's a professional bullfighter and he worked rodeos like Ellensburg and Lewiston and shit, did the Montana circuit finals 14 times, I think. But mm-hmm. went to the NFR and the Wrangler bullfights in 2000. I mean, just a, had a great career. Great guy. And, you know, getting to know. Yeah, great guy, too. And getting to know Al a little bit and watching him at his rodeos and just seeing how much of an athlete it took to be a bullfighter just really sparked my interest. You know, I'd grown up being an athlete my whole life. And then all of a sudden, not being an athlete anymore, I just really missed that side of myself. And it was something I could do to, to go out and be an athlete again. And I've always been a huge fan of rodeo. And so I just asked Al one day, I said, Hey, will you teach me how to be a bullfighter? And he said, yeah. And so he took me up Montana state had a rodeo team and they practiced every Monday and Wednesday. And so he took me up there every Monday and Wednesday and taught me how to taught me how to fight bulls. And shit, I think two summers later, I had a whole amateur run of rodeos for Kelly Abrahamson out over in North Dakota. And at that time, I had already graduated, you know, aviation school, and I was actually working as a flight instructor out at the airport. And, oh. you know, my aviation career was starting to get to the point where I was getting enough hours I could start applying for some bigger and better aviation jobs. And, and um, you know, in order to do that amateur run of rodeos, I was going to need a bunch of time off from the, from the aviation school. And my boss told me he wouldn't give me that time off. So I approached Al. I said, hey, Al, I said, I, you know, Kelly offered me all of his rodeos, but I can't go because, you know, Ben won't let me take the time off of the, the, at the flight school. And he said, well, Nate, you know, there's a lot of, in this industry, if you want to make it, you're going to have to give up a lot of stuff. He Mm -hmm. goes, you're not going to go to birthday parties no more. Mm -hmm. You're not going to go to funerals. You're not going to go to weddings. You're not going to, you have to give up a lot of stuff in life to pursue rodeo. And he goes, part of that stuff you might have to give up is your career. He said, are you willing to give up your career to pursue this rodeo dream? And I said, I don't know. What do you think? He goes, I think you got what it takes to make it successful in rodeo. But you have to be willing to give up that career. And I said, all right. So just me being me and always following my heart. My heart was in, in rodeo. And so I gave up my entire aviation career for a $5,000 amateur run of rodeos in North Dakota and <laughs> moved to Douglas, Wyoming to work for my dad. And that's kind of how I made money. You know, trying to make this rodeo thing work, and next thing you know, started uh, just kind of working my way up, and here we are. What was your big break? You know, like Denver was my big break. Yep. You know, that that's the rodeo that, you know, once you have that on your resume, you start you getting the people going, okay, well, he's good enough to do that. You know, yep. we can, you know, he must be pretty good. So yep. what, what was your big break? I think my big break, honestly, was <clears throat> going out and working for Bob Barnes. And I didn't know you started through Barnes. Yeah, I worked God, two years for Bob Barnes. So many people. But where I got my break was we we sold the rodeo with the Mexican fighting bull after each perf. Well, that was a 
only that's the first time I'd ever stepped in front of a Mexican was working for Bob. And I just, I really, really enjoyed fighting that cell bull at the end. And, um, so then I came home and Kevin Rich was putting on a, um, was putting on a new year's Eve bullfight in Loveland, Colorado, where I grew up. And so I was like, man, I would really like to do that freestyle bullfight in Loveland, Colorado. And, and so I went to that bullfight. I think I took third. And so Kevin started inviting me to all of his other bullfights. And um, we were at a bullfight the next year in, um, oh, what's that? Survey Rodeo in Colorado. Sterling. Uh, Yuma. Yuma. Sterling. 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 Yeah. yeah. Kevin had a bullfight in Sterling. And so I went out there and I was in the bullfight and they had a PBR along with it. And Cody Webster was there fighting the PBR and I was doing the freestyle. And I ended up winning the freestyle that night. And Webb asked me if I'd want to come to uh, the world championships in Ardmore, Oklahoma. And I said, hell yeah. I didn't even know there was a world championship in Ardmore, Oklahoma and freestyle bullfighting, to be honest with you. And so uh, he said, all right, I'll have Frank call you. And so a week later, I'm sitting there. I think we were shingling a house for my dad. And I get a phone call and I answer it. And he goes, yes, this is Frank Newsom. And my you know, mouth dropped. And yeah. He invited me to come down to the the world championships in Ardmore and ended up taking fourth there. And so I think just kind of freestyling and finding success in freestyling and earning the respect of the, those guys, you know, earning the respect of Tuckness and, you know, even Webster at that time, he was starting to get a lot of traction in rodeo and, you know, earning the respect of those guys. And, you know, and then they were able to see my protection side of things. And next thing you know, you know, they were all handing me some rodeos and, and that's kind of think where that's where I got my big break was that freestyle bullfighting. Wow, I, I did not know that. <laughs> no, Nate, a long time, and uh, I did not know that you started with the Barnes and yep. and did that. I, I remember Al Sandville gave me a big break too. Well, I mean, uh, well, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. He 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 retired in 2015, but in 2013 he gave, he sent me to Ellensburg and Lewiston, and so he gave me those two big rodeos. And then, you know, that year I also found some success in freestyle bullfighting and stuff, too. So it was all kind of just a big snowball deal right there around 2013. So much. Go ahead, Bear. Do you you don't remember when Nate came to Douglas to the pro rodeo that me and you were at? Uh, Mm -hmm. Vinny and Servi called me, I think, the day before. And I was just happened to be home. Yeah, somebody somebody got ran over, Hambone. It's when me and you... Uh, when we stayed in the bumper pole, yeah, I remember and, uh, Webster was there. And, I worked it with Will O'Connell. Yeah, was it Will? Oh no, okay, so it wasn't that year. So mm-hmm. I don't remember when it was, but that's the first time I met Nate because he came to Douglas because somebody else had got hurt, and I remember seeing this guy. I'm like, man, I wonder who this guy is because you know you see He's a, this douche. Well, you see, <laughs> a, you see a lot of bullfighters. You black hat I was wearing. You're really? this douche. <laughs> I still call Nate a douche when I'm not around him. Uh, but, you know, honestly, uh, in, well. in rodeo bullfighting, you see a lot of guys, there's guys that come and go. That For some reason, the biggest draw in rodeo is guys want to fight bulls. Like, they, I don't know why, because you get hurt, you get ran over, you get stomped. It's, like, it's cool, man. So Because you, get, you go out there and you work for your 10, 12 bull riders if it's a big rodeo. Or small rodeo after turnouts, you know, <laughs> five, and get paid, but, and then you get to go to the bar, sign autographs, yeah, then go to the bar. Chicks dig it. Meanwhile, the music director, who's the oil to the engine, you know, 
So they're just just trying to. No one thinks the music director's you know, hot. Nobody. No no girls want to do the music guy. Hambone, if I was a chick, I would do you. I mean that. <laughs> yes. Is that gross that I said uh, Well, that? You, look, you look like the type of girl that would want to do the music guy. <laughs> Hi, Bone. Have you, seen, have you seen that meme with with Chunk and Sloth? And on the Goonies, and it says at two four at one forty five, me trying to pick up the last girl in the bar, and he, you're gonna go home with me now. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna live with me. <laughs> oh, Chunk. I'm gonna take care of you. I'm gonna take care. Of you. That's the best meme. I sent it to my family, which were obviously all you know. Somebody put it on there with it, and it said five D barrel racers to a roughie that bucks off ninety five percent of the time. Yeah, you're gonna live with me now. <laughs> I love you. That is so funny. Oh, sorry, derailed. But, but um, anyway, you know, um, how you got injured? Um, what was that? Two years ago? You get? Yeah, it was. Um, <clears throat> kind of had a string of bad luck there for a while. 2018 at the NFR, the first night, um, got hit by a bull. And when he hit me, he kind of tossed me out there about three feet, and, and I went to you know, land. And I had my right leg completely straight. And that bull continued to charge through me. So I had, you know, 1,500 pounds being forced over my, my straight leg. Mm. And I was wearing a knee brace. So it could, you know, it wouldn't let my knee hyperextend or nothing like that. So the only thing that could give was my hamstring. Mm. And so it ripped my hamstring off my pelvis. Um, and so that happened in 18. Come back in 19. And then uh, in 20, I broke my right leg, my fibula. So it was kind of a was that few the one years in Dodge? Injuries, but was that yeah, the, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh. So what's that like, like mentally? You know, kind of, and I mean, obviously it's a part of this business, especially, but uh, you know, with every major sport, injuries, and you know, you go from you know doing your thing and bopping around rodeos yeah. to home. Yeah. You know. Well. And for me, shit, I stayed healthy for, for all them years. I mean, I started in 2010, and I never got hurt until two, 2018, you know. And so there was an eight-year stretch there where, you know, bumps and bruises were all I kind of really handled. But that deal in 18, you, like you said, I mean, you're you're going 10 months out of the year. You're on the road all the time. You're with your friends. You're doing what you love to all of a sudden laying on a couch and, you know, not doing anything. Yeah. And so it's um, – Mentally, it, you know, it was, it's tough, but at the same time, you know, we understand what we're doing and, and injuries are all part of it. And, um, it's a matter of if rather than, or it's a matter of when rather than if. And, and so, you know, I was able to get through it pretty good. Um, you know, thank God for my wife, Bridget. She, she was a lifesaver through that whole thing, but I just tried to, I tried to just stay, stay the course, right? I just went through the process. I had to get surgery. And then after the surgery, I had to do the rehab. And so I just tried to stay the process and, and take it day to day and get through it. And, and, and that way I could get back to doing what I love. I can't believe you're not going to yeah. give me a shout out on that, Nate. Rump, that was, uh, so when you got hurt, that was when Nate had his surgery right before I had my knee surgery after Denver. And so we were both recovering from surgery at the same time. And so to keep Nate, oh to keep Nate happy, I would send him Snapchats all day long. <laughs> I got 117 Snapchats within 30 minutes of Rump's belly button. And you know, like on Snapchat, they used to have them filters or their stickers or whatever. Uh -huh. Things like 
like one was a track hoe digging a hole and <laughs> <laughs> one was a mermaid jumping into the mm -hmm. ocean or something and so he, his belly button was always the center of these stickers so i'd get mermaids jumping into his belly button and a track hoe digging out his belly button I'd get uh, snapshots like that. well you know i mean not everybody has good friends like like big bear there to entertain you but so if you need you know mentally wise you know today brought to you by better help our friends at better help rump when telling that my phone disappeared yeah Gus better, just took it uh if you if you need to talk to somebody about anything you can go to betterhelp.com um unlock your true potential and that's better help h-e-l-p betterhelp.com and they have all different kinds of people that can talk to you through. Uh, you can find the perfect person for any situation you're going through, rodeo-related, farming-related, love-related, whatever it is. Well, and yeah, what's cool is you don't, you don't have to, you know, sometimes you don't want to talk to, you know, somebody you know. You yeah. know, you don't want to admit the issue you're having. So a nice random, um, somebody who doesn't have an um, objective opinion about the situation. You know, they're completely, they're open to, to whatever, and they're going to see it. They're going to view it how, how the best way to help you. And it's not, you know, if you're having relationship advice, you can't go to, you know, your brother or something and because he's going to side with you or, you know, you can't go to a friend that maybe knows your why. It's just you, you need an unobjective opinion about things sometimes. Yeah, and, and uh, if, if you enter the code rumpchat20 at betterhelp.com, you get 10% off your first month. So, that's help, H-E-L-P, not health, betterhelp.com, backslash rump chat. So, I mean, mentally, give them a call, send them a message, save some money, get back to fighting bulls. That's what I would do. <laughs> knock off the Snapchats of the belly button. That'll help your mental health. Yeah, you nasty bastard. I need mental health just to get over the Snapchats. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm i going to have to have better help on the way home from Sykeston because after Sydney and Sykeston, you always need a little – a little mental and physical rehab uh decompression from rum <laughs> yeah. no yeah it's not two weeks rump. with the bear it's, uh, no no hey, i know, could i could hambo did you my know my it's mad because i quote i quote rump especially about couches that pull out and so she gets really mad at me so she's like you're not rump stop trying to be him guess what though it's the perfect storm this year on the monday after sydney before sykeston when we go out on the boat is my birthday. Yeah. <gasps> oh. Wait, yeah. it was last year too, wasn't it? Because Hambo went and bought me the biggest oh, tomahawk yeah. steak you've ever seen. He knows the, the old ninety sixer. <laughs> did you? I ate it. It was a, a forty eight ounce uh, uh, tomahawk, bone it was in. So good. And this thing, and he ate all. He ate forty three ounces of it. <laughs> I may have even got forty five. We did we did the whole boat day and come back on my birthday. Yep. Yeah, we're gonna do that again. Yep, it's always a good time. But but anyway, well, I tell you what, it's uh it's always a good day to sit with good friends and talk and, and glad we finally got old Nate on. We've talked about him multiple times on here and he had no chance to defend himself. So it's always good to have a good friend on. But um Big Bear, you have fun uh, fifty two miles away in Salt Lake City. Yeah, I'm we'll come, see you I'm Sunday. Come see you on Sunday, so I will come be see there. Me on Sunday, Chester misses you. Um, good dog, Chester the rodeo dog. So, um, but anyway, um, but Nate, awesome talking with you. Yeah, no, glad Nate, to, uh, uh, glad I could join you, boys. If you um, if you need a uh, really 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 talented bullfighter and you've got unlimited amount of money, call Nate. <laughs> um, he'll come do your rodeo. Um, 
But uh, and then if not, he'll teach you how to fly planes. So and he, which is a good. Now you got something to bounce back on. Yeah, I think you can could. be you can be sixty and teach people how to fly uh, fly planes. You can't be sixty and fight bulls. So teaching people how to fly planes is half the reason why I decided to chase rodeo because teaching people to fly planes kind of sucks. So I can't wait. I'm gonna sick my brother on you because he will. He he he's getting his pilot's license. So anybody who flies, he wants to tell he well, loves it which is awesome yeah. i i like envy it like because that's that's pretty badass to, yeah. to be able to fly a plane but and nate you could do something uh, no one else does if you ever wanted to be a commercial pilot you say you're flying the plane say you have some unruly passengers you go back there knock the piss out of them then go back and land the plane. Ankle. <laughs> yeah yeah air marshal john <laughs> air marshal john yeah, no one's hijacking this plane yeah <laughs> well thank you everybody thanks uh uh, whoever we got uh, Red River Arenas, yeah. The summer specials going on. Yeah, rope in your own backyard. Uh, have an arena. I, I want to say for less than three hundred bucks a month, you could have your own arena from Red River Arenas right now. It's it's actually a very Amazing. very good deal. Roper special going on at RedRiverArenas dot com. So be sure to check them out. Don't forget uh, get all your rodeo patch done. RodeoPatch.com. dot com. It's up and rolling. The Rump Chat Store in downtown Eden, Oklahoma, is cranking out the merch. Be sure to stop by and get your T-shirts that say "It's the Tits" hashtag Summer Run. So uh, Summer get, Run. Yeah, get Rump a hold of them. RumpChat.com. A lot of cool stuff going on um, as we get through the summer. Cool. Hey, what a great day! When I see you Sunday, you're getting hugged. I hope you're ready for it, both y'all. Sorry. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes. I might, might, might even pee in, pee in the Hambones trailer. We'll see what happens. <laughs> you bringing the, the girls and Bandy with you? Yes. And, uh, yeah, we right real quick before we leave, we kind of had a traumatic experience last night. Uh, oh, on. yeah. Tell that story. Uh, Manu was doing the bull jumping. And in, in one corner, they had uh, one of the panels that had the hole in it, you know, for to put the camera in. And... So the kids, they, they were in the hospitality the whole time, but they wanted to watch Manu, so they come up in the corner kind of by the stage, and the bull got through the fence, which, I mean, he didn't get out. He just got back, not behind the chutes, but kind of over to the side of the chutes. And uh, Ashley and, and Becky Grover and all the kids and were in the corner, and this fighting bull come around the corner. And uh, I got I to gotta give a big shout-out to DeKevis Jordan and Knox Dunn. These two boys come over that fence and went to work in that bull behind a stage but the coolest thing was Livy <laughs> Livy was behind the stage that bull come running she ducked underneath the panel and got out of the way it was unreal Ashley so Lisa Lucia grabbed one I had a hold of Bandy because he was standing on my barrel watching I had a hold of Bandy went up the fence uh, Lisa Lucia had one girl and Ashley, so that bull came around the corner, and you know how the stages have those deals where you can crawl? Ashley started crawling up the pole. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh, reliving, reliving her old uh, her old job. No. Ashley Hambone made a joke about you working the pole. I'm very good at it. It comes down. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, that was quite, but you know the cool thing is, uh, it, it was, no one got hurt, no one got hooked, the bull came yeah. out. Went around, uh, Brent Brent Sutton, that dude is a man. Badass. He come through that. Uh, he come through a walk through gate, going nine zero on that horse. I mean, between Brent and DeKevis, 
and Knox, uh, they got that bull back in the arena very fast. But like I said, the Kevis Jordan, Air Jordan, I, I don't know if I'm just seeing shit or what, but when he come, I'm sure he jumped that fence without touching it. When he come to get that bull, he was on one end. I, I just can't even describe it, but uh, the bull got back in the arena. Nothing bad happened. No one got hurt. He wasn't out. So if you happen to see something on social media, it, nothing. But I mean, he got through the hole, made a couple rounds, right back in the arena. Not a big deal. But, uh, you know, just uh, pretty cool to see the, the contract personnel. Uh, my girls were scared. My wife was nervous. Bandy is laughing his ass off the whole time I was holding him. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God, he's out, Dad. What are you going to do? I'm like, shut up. I don't know. But. Anyhow, so uh, wild weekend, but you know that's just part of rodeo. I so. like how Lisa Lushba grabbed a girl, and Ashley didn't even grab one of her own girls. Well, and yeah. just started climbing. Well, the no, pole before before Ashley for could, before Ashley could hold on one second. Livy, come here. Before Ashley could grab Livy, Livy took off. Come here. Uh, survival this mode. This just take a second. <clears throat> Hurry. <laughs> okay. I want you to tell. I want you to tell Nate and Hambone what happened last night with the bull. Why? Tell them what you did. Tell them your side of the story, like you told Why? me. Hi, Levy. Hi. Hey. Tell what, tell what happened last tell night the with the bull. Okay. So I was watching Manu, and then the bull came up and hooked the fence, and then I, um, I. Was, it was funny, and then my mom screamed to come c- c- closer, <laughs> and then it broke out. And then he start, the bull started chasing me, and then I started running towards the other bulls for some reason. And then um, Lisa Lucio for some reason. <laughs> started um, yelling at me to come to the stairs, but the bull was chasing me. So I climbed through the fence and ran to her. That a girl. Oh, Good job. Dang it. Good job, Livy. Hey, hey, I can't wait to give you a hug tomorrow. Hey, okay. don't take her headphones. Oh, sorry. Hey. What? And and I can't wait to give you a hug, and Gus is ready to see you. Yeah. All right. Okay, see you tomorrow. Bye. Oh. So, so, anyhow. That's awesome. We're going to leave it at that. That was great. <laughs> there was a bull. Yeah. She ran. I'm proud. Nate, you and Livy have a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? You, you both fought Mexican fighting bulls. Oh yeah, and you, and you both Gosh, are girls. Damn, okay. I from uh, the fence. I'm glad that happened to your girls and not mine because I don't think Harper is quite as fast as old Livy. Yeah, yeah. Well, well you Awful. guys, you guys have a good one, and uh, thank you all for tuning in. And we'll be back. Uh, we're going to probably record on Sunday. Maybe we'll do a golf edition Sunday evening if Hambone's awake after six. Oh. Uh, so yeah, because I'm not golfing. <laughs> Maybe we'll take maybe we'll take all the kids to the water park. We'll put on our American flag speedos, hambo, and we'll just go do it up. So, let's do it. Rump chat. We'll talk to y'all later. All right. Thank you. See you guys. Bye. I was sitting in this beer joint down in Houston, Texas. Been drinking Colorado Kool Aid and talking to some Mexicans, and we was uh, what's that you say? What's Colorado Kool Aid? Well, it's a can of coolers Brewed from a mountain stream A hater set your head on fire And make your kidneys stream Oh, it sure is fine Yeah, and we was having ourselves What you call 
one of them real good times. But you know, every beer joint that you've ever been in, some big mean drunk who just ain't got no friends, sure enough wants to fight. Yeah, he gonna whoop everything in sight. Well, sir, he took him a big cold swallow of beer, and he walked over and spit it in my Mexican friend's ear. Well, now, sure enough, that made my buddy real mad. Cause that's something like he ain't never had. Well, sir, he pulled out a big long switchblade knife and quick as a whistle, he began to slice. That big mean drunk stood back, his face full of tears, looking down at the floor at one of his ears. Hmm, well, he cut that thing off even with the sideburn. Now, you might say that that little old Mexican fella just didn't give a darn. But he was a gentleman about it. He bent over with a halfway grin, picked it up and handed it back to him. And he said, now, big man, you get the urge to spit a little beer, just open up your hand there and spit it in your own ear. Won't be no trouble that way. That's what I heard him say. And I said, barmaid, set us up around to that Colorado Kool-Aid. And while you're up there, <laughs> bring this fella a box of Band-Aids. Now, let me tell you, if you're ever riding down in South Texas, decide to stop and drink some Colorado Kool-Aid and maybe talk to some Mexicans and you get the urge to get a little tough let me tell you you better make damn sure you got your knife proof earmuffs hey ain't that right big man I said ain't that right big man oh hell he can't hear not on this side anyway he ain't got no ear hey barmaid bring us a big glass of that Colorado Kool-Aid about it. How you doing, big man? You still got your ear in your hand? <laughs> he loaded.